AOC Community Media presents Mind on Media. Hello, everyone. My name is Christy. I am the education coordinator here with the rest of the AOC gang. And today we are taking the convo to confirmation bias. We are breaking down the concept, what it is, why it matters, and how we as media consumers can work to consciously offset our own bias tendencies. Now, a lot of us, when we hear the word bias, we automatically formulate a definition of what that is. Um, But I wanted to give the viewers out there the actual definition of what confirmation bias is. Um, And I'm pulling our definition from the News Literacy Project. Confirmation bias can be defined as the tendency to search for, interpret, and recall information that supports what we already believe. So it's our natural tendency to go seeking those things that align and affirm our own beliefs. And I would even stretch uh, that definition a little bit to say that it's also our tendency to reject or uh, sort of overall undermine Um, beliefs that don't align with our own, no matter how much evidence perhaps may be presented to us. So to kind of get this conversation started, I wanted to ask you guys um, to give our viewers a little bit of context in what ways does confirmation bias affect us? Um, How have you sort of witnessed it or experienced it um, maybe within yourself or within others? Um, how have you experienced confirmation bias? Uh, for me, uh, it's uh, I see a lot of it in uh, people's conspiracy theories. So, like, you'll see someone have an idea. Of, I mean, obviously, everyone knows what a conspiracy theory is, but uh, they'll go and find different research uh, or go and research and, and always pull up information that supports that conspiracy without taking any other information into, into consideration. So that's where I... I tend to see it. It happens everywhere, but that's personally one of the, for me at least. Uh, I I think Boosie's exactly right that it's everywhere right now. Uh, And the damage it does is demonstrative of how far we polarize by reconfirming our existing biases when we were closer together. Uh, Those confirmation bias and the opportunity to hear so much junk has pushed us farther apart. And I'll confess I'm super aware of confirmation bias. I'm aware of a study. I pay attention. And I'm a huge victim of confirmation bias. And I work at not falling for it, but I find myself always repeating uh, the things that I wanted to hear. <laughs> uh, that's what. That's how my, my conversation starts with, well, man, did you see what they did? And I'm generally fairly sure they did it. But I don't always go to the third level of research to make sure they really did it. I'm and I I pay attention and I'm I'm guilty of it. Uh, but people who don't pay attention, the, the, that's why we're in trouble. That's my take on society. Well, I was going to say uh, I I suffer too with what Ed's describing. I suffer with self-serving bias, uh, which is I. I give up a little bit too easily when I hear things that I wanted, I want to believe. Uh, but I also suffer, and I don't know if this is my attention deficit disorder or what, but I suffer from hindsight bias, uh, where I will, 
I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I will remember things the way I wanted them to be in order to further my argument uh, rather than the way they may have actually happened. And memory is a tricky thing, but uh, hindsight bias is, is one of the ones I struggle with. I'd like to say, as most people would, that I do not suffer from this bias. I'm just joking. Uh, but I That's have, framing bias. That's framing <laughs> bias, Matt. Um, I have sort of built into my, and I don't think of it as confirmation bias, like uh, uh, avoidance or anything, but I've sort of built into my media ingestion the the mantra, if I trust it too much, double question that. Or if, if I find myself getting too like into it or excited about what they're saying, like really double check sources and things like that. Um, if I may, I think that that goes along with uh, a lot of people don't don't realize that they need to go check a second source and that we get stuck in these algorithms or filter bubbles. Uh, when we see things that confirm what we already believe, they're going to feed us more of those things, whether it's Google or social media, like they have an interest in uh feeding us things that are going to get us engaged and to stick around and stay. So if we're just getting fed these same ideas because we already like them, it's fine if that's a recipe for apple pie and you're getting more and more recipes on your YouTube. But if it's stuff that's completely uh, false or fake news, you know, you have no way of knowing because that's all you're, you're seeing unless you're seeking it out, you know, to try to see if it's true. The problem, content creators are incentivized to give you what you want to hear. And you are incentivized to seek what you want to hear, which means a fair balance is almost impossible based on your lizard brain, at least, and based on the society we have built. I mean, you are innately going to try to confirm what you believe. And the people who give you information, are they're incentivized to give you what you want. What chance does the objective other side have in this conversation? How do we breach the confirmation bias and the filter biases? It means a whole lot of biases, y'all. We could we could talk a long ways about consumption biases. Uh, but what's what's the cure? We know there's a problem. We all we all have admitted to part of it. At least those, most of us have. What are you going to do about it? It might be a little kumbaya, but kindness. I think. Well, and uh, not to be all doom and gloom but confirmation bias is at the essence of tribalism in confirmation bias one of the things that can happen is the backfire effect which is when like just presenting opposing arguments or viewpoints to somebody who is uh, really set in their way isn't going to convince them it will in fact cause them to double down on their confirmation bias uh, and and that's when we get into like the heart of tribalism and like division. I, I think what Matt said uh, towards kindness uh, really is understated and can't be, and can't be stated enough. We have come to the point in politics and in um, evolution that we hear the other side and we shut them down. We scream. We get mad. We don't want to listen to the other side and have them in turn listen to us. And so it's going to take. Um, it which would be Herculean effort on my part to listen to the other side. It would be very, very hard, but I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm ready to do it just so I could also then present this side, this, you know, my tribe side. And I think, so I think the, the, the way to, the way to do it is through kindness. I think Matt has a lot to say about that. Yeah. And compassion, you know, just being open to hearing that other side so that they, yeah, like you just said, are, are willing to, to the time of day. 
seeking to understand so then they could understand us you know we have we have to be able to have a two-way dialogue and bring everything back to maybe a more realistic center of it all yeah it should be a discussion rather than a fight right correct i'm guilty i i, I had a dear friend that uh, i got in a huge fight with and we hung up the phone on each other we, we were like what are we 12 because we can't discuss politics and i yeah. felt really guilt bad but i found myself also screaming and they were screaming and we were just Ah. And this is not the way we could do this. I think in like the context of, uh, although it's present, like in so many places, like just in the context of politics, it's so easy for uh, us to kind of evoke our own bias because we're presented with, with like these two contrasting beliefs that are often extreme and sort of we feel forced into um, accepting one and completely like rejecting that other one. And um, speaking of some uh, studies, I actually, I was looking at one myself, Will, and I actually, uh, I found a a psychology study that um, attributed our confirmation bias to many things, but two of the main mechanisms, one of them was challenge avoidance, which is our natural desire to avoid finding out that we're wrong. We really don't like to be wrong. And the second one is our reinforcement seeking, which is basically our desire to find out that we're right about something. So we really enjoy being right. So um, I kind of just realized that just confirmation bias is sort of um, that shortcut that saves us any of that little discomfort that we may feel just from our own cognitive uh, dissonance. Um, So it just prevents us from that discomfort. But um, it is something that we all have to some uh, some degree and are seeking to really break away from that. Right. There's a there's a philosopher and a cognitive scientist whose name I, I eludes me right now. Uh, but one of the ways he said you could hope to try and avoid the dual traps that you're just talking about was when you do seek to uh, disprove an argument. Uh, or to argue against like an opposing viewpoint, don't just pick any opposition. And what he meant means by that is like, don't. So for example, the gun lobby, the gun lobby is famous for saying the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy with a gun, which is a completely illogical argument. But if you take that as the argument to beat and then beat it, you're essentially lowering your argument to the level of that argument. And so when you when you seek to disprove something, you should take it at its very best argument. You should you should argue against its highest quality as opposed to its lowest, most illogical quality. Well, and I can see how that can be helpful and to stop the whataboutism that we have going on in the conversation. It's this I, 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 we're discussing this one issue. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Just to just to disprove you on any level. And so I think almost every conversation that will, you know, will devolve into this first have an agreement that we're just going to talk about this one issue. And maybe if we can get people to do that and it cuts down the what about ism and the noise, then you can go and discuss their issue. And I think a lot of that um, will bring everybody closer again together. On a sort of side tangent, but relating to what Christy was talking about, about the the innate need to to not be wrong or to, or to feel like you're right, that's one of the things uh, that 
that I like about, or it speaks to the value of, I think, art um, and and things like literature, video games, film, and television is part of what we value in that that uh, that presentation is the ability to fail without actually failing or to be wrong without actually being wrong. That's one of the main valuable things we get from art and from literature and, and video games and things like that is that ability to experience that wrongness and sort of live through it, not have negative consequences and learn that it's okay, you know, to, to be wrong or to fail or to, and you can always get back up and try again. Uh-huh. That's an interesting way to, to put it, Matt, when you, when you think about it like that. Um, and um, I guess I kind of want to start wrapping up our conversation. But to, to Ed's point that he mentioned, um, considering that we all as humans do have some degree of this confirmation bias, um, some ways that we are working to really uncover and further like deprogram those bias is um, is the challenge that I think many people have. And we mentioned that uh, one of the ways that we can fight that and one thing that we can give our viewers is that we should practice kindness and we should definitely um, educate ourselves to recognize our bias whenever it is uh, present. And um, another thing that I wanted to add to that is just being mindful of our own reactions and our own emotions whenever our, our personal viewpoints are being challenged. Um, it takes less energy to just respond quickly and more energy to actually challenge um, our own thinking. Um, so were there any other remarks or advice or takeaways that you guys would like to leave our audience with today as we wrap up our deprogramming of our own confirmation bias? Uh, I just had one thing mainly just uh, there's so much information coming out in the media, the digital realm of media, you know, and, and information in general. So it's just, you know, take one piece at a time, take one sliver of information, do what you can to try to figure out what you can about that, both good and bad, and then go on to the next one. And, and if it supports or doesn't support, you know, just you have to be patient with it. Uh, and it is hard to overcome your own uh, angst and try to, to get to something that proves your point or your viewpoint. Uh, but but having the, the, that patience to learn and have more knowledge in, in, in your skill bank, you know, in your head, uh, that'll just help you in the long run. And it'll help other people talk to you and, and your communication skills will go up. And it's all kinds of things that are benefiting from just taking it slow, you know, uh, without rushing yourself into looking stupid, basically. So I'd say use a, use a few minutes of your life to listen to other people every now and then and be open to, uh, things that you might not want to hear and honestly listen. Don't just hear the words, but honestly listen to what they're saying. Uh, find out where they're coming from, even when they're incorrect and you understand their motivations, it changes your anger. Uh, to understanding disagreement as opposed to hostile disagreement. And that's part of the way you get to a conversation is you got to listen as well as talk. Uh, to plead your case passionately does not mean they hear it passionately. You got to listen passionately and you got to be receptive. You got to, uh, you got to hear what's going on. That's, that's how we're ever going to evolve as people. And one of the problems with confirmation bias is specifically counter to that initiative. Well, well last thing I want to say. What, to Ed's point, it, it's important to be able to learn to entertain ideas without necessarily accepting them. And a lot of people 
conflate the two that if they are entertaining the idea, that means they're accepting the idea. And that's not necessarily true. You can entertain a worldview that's not your own uh, without ever accepting it. I would also say um, one of the things that I'm going to go forward trying to do is pick the extreme um, version of somebody who is not able to recognize the truth or listen to the other side and is just so hunkered down in their own thinking. And with that in mind, don't be that guy. Don't be that person. No, no, you know, keep that in your head when you're having a conversation and go, wow, do I sound like fill in the blank? And then if you say, yes, I do, like I, you know, take it down a notch, listen and, and try to bring us all back together again. And one I last thing. Visual. Don't be that person. I agree. That's a T-shirt, Boozy. Don't be that person. I'll pay to produce some T-shirts <laughs> and say, don't be that person in a cold punt. Thank you. You're going to wrap us up, Matt. I think you have one more thing. Uh, just the one last thing I was going to say, and you all know me, I'm not a man of faith, but one thing I have to like take faith in and have to remind myself to have faith in is that regardless of the the wide disagreement that I have with other people, I have to keep in mind that they're not – they don't have ill intent, and that's something that I think it's easy to like get into your head is that people have ill intent. So what I try and tell myself is they don't have ill intent. They're just, you know, they're trying to take care of themselves in this crazy world that we're all living through. And they're yeah. passionate, you know. They're passionate. That. Right, right. Intention. That's a that's another Let good point. Of the anger. Let go of the anger. All right, so we hope you guys enjoyed chatting with us today about confirmation bias. And I'll actually wrap up with a quote by Jesse J. Smith, a writer for the Medium publication. Open-mindedness isn't just about respecting others' opinions. It's about questioning your own, too. You can get more info about AOC, all things media production and media literacy on our website at www.aocinc.org. And we hope you guys join us again for more Conscious Media Conversations. Goodbye for now. Mind on Media is a presentation of AOC Community Media. Our producer is Christy Tracy. Contributors include Mandy Ayo, Ed Bowie, Joe Ferguson, Bethany Ivey, William McFarlane, Matt Roberts, Skip Shannon, and Jacob White. For more information about media literacy and more, visit aocinc.org. While you're there, become a member and a media creator. Click the Join button and join our community of producers. Check out our YouTube channel, AOC Community Media, for tutorials and videos from our community producers. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for AOC Community Media.